at this time, I'm going to invite my friend Ken Esau to come on to stage. And you guys can give Ken a nice uh, SunWest welcome as he comes on stage. And I, I know Ken is going to talk a little bit about who he is, and so I'm going to let him introduce himself. Um, but I said, somebody asked me who was speaking this morning. I said, Kenny Saw. And he said, Kenny who? So it's not last name Saw, first name Kenny. It's Ken Esau. And um, we, SunWest has had a number of students over the years go to Columbia Bible College, and Ken taught there for over 30 years. Uh, and I repeatedly heard that Ken was their favorite professor from every uh, student. And I'm not just saying that because you're here, Ken. Uh, I heard that over and over again. Uh, and so uh, Ken's been a big encouragement to many of our young adults, so we thank you for that. Uh, I also heard that Ken is the one guy that they heard talk about shalom more than I do. Um, and so we'll see how many times he says that word this morning. But uh, let me pray for Ken, and we'll let him uh, share with us this morning. Father, we thank you for Ken. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, the calling that you have on his life uh, to teach. Uh, Lord, we pray that our hearts and our ears uh, would be open to what your Spirit is saying to us through him. Um, and Lord, as we think about what it means to, to walk in spiritual health, Lord, may we uh, yeah, be a church that is salt and light that represents you well uh, to a world uh, that is desperately looking for hope. Um, so we just give you this time. Uh, we commit Ken to you. We thank you for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Thanks so much, Matt, and uh, the worship team for preparing. So good morning, SunWest Church. You are my peeps. I say that for two reasons. Number one is that you're here for the early service. I love you guys. You're morning people, although some of you might have been dragged here by someone else. And don't worry, God still has a plan for your life. And second of all, you're Albertans, and I actually have all my roots here in Alberta, and so it feels like I'm coming home after a 32-year exile in British Columbia. So I know, don't be sad, uh, it's you know, still redeemable over there. Uh, so I bring you greetings today on behalf of three kind of places that are important in my life. The first one is Life Center Church, where a couple of hours from now, they'll be meeting together in British Columbia to celebrate the name of Jesus, just like you're meeting here this morning. And we put out 18 flags every Sunday morning in this old building that we rent that's soon going to be torn down. Uh, we couldn't afford the property. It was listed is listed at $6.9 So if you would like to buy a property in British Columbia with a very decrepit-looking church on it, uh, you can talk to me later. But we are there with 18 flags representing the countries of people that come to our church. So we have that invitation. I'm not sure what we would do with Flames fans or Oilers fans, but we would pray about it. And I'm trusting the Lord would lead us uh, to welcome everyone there. So that's our church. I also bring you greetings from Columbia Bible College, of which I've had the huge privilege of teaching there for the past, well, 31 years. I've been a, about a year since I've been officially in the classroom. But uh, I bring you greetings from Columbia Bible College. Brian Bourne is our president who's finishing up his time. And it has been so central to my heart to encourage young adults, mostly young, young adults, to get serious about pointing their life in the direction of King Jesus and the kingdom. And that has been, I have been so blessed to be part of that. Uh, Dan, actually, who's up here sometimes, was my student. Now his son was my student. And there's other folks here that have been uh, there. So I just, every single day, I consider it my happy place. I'm not so sure about marking papers, but being a teacher has been my happy place. So I encourage you to pray for Columbia. And if you know people who should go somewhere 
I, I'm not even that worried about where they go. Let them go to Cape and Ray. Let them go to Briarcrest. Is this getting recorded? Let them go to these places, Prairie. Let them go somewhere, and may they be encountering Jesus and study Scripture together. That's my prayer. So please do that among your young adults. And thirdly, I represent CCNBC. Uh, they came to me about a year and a half ago, and they said to me uh, on the Zoom call, they said, Ken, would you like to be the NFL director? I thought, NFL director? (laughs) Like, we're right near Seattle Seahawks, so I thought, NFL director. And so they started talking about the job, and all I heard was, wah, 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 wah. I didn't care. NFL director? So I was half-time for a while, and now I've said yes to it, and I still have this great title. So people ask me on airplanes, you know, what do you do? I say, I'm the NFL director. And they look at me really skeptical. I don't know if it's not because I don't have the perfect NFL body, Hey, don't keep it down. You're not encouraging me in the Lord here. Or else it's because I'm in the middle seat on flair. I'm not sure which one of those (laughs) is the most concerning. But anyway, this is my role. NFL director, I found out later after I listened to all the wah, 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 is about encouraging spiritual health and theology across all of our 230 plus churches that go from uh, Vancouver Island all the way to Halifax. And we're trying to encourage this, but this is really the work of Jesus. So I am in prayer for our churches. I'm glad to travel around and hopefully encourage you here at SunWest to make that a priority of your life. All right, so it's a massive responsibility, but also a place of incredible prayer. Now, when we were raising our children, there was a movie that made an impact on our kids. How many of you have not seen this movie? Wow, I... you. There's a couple here. That's inconceivable (laughs) that you haven't seen that. I encourage you tonight to go look at it. But you, those of you who have, you're my people as well. Uh, Those of you who have know this movie is about an incredible uh, passion. It's a story of good and evil, and it's an incredible, passionate description of love. It's also a crazy, pathological pursuit of revenge. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepared to die. I said that in a church. But Inigo Montoya needs the Lord, amen? Needs the Sermon on the Mount. Anyway, the part I'm going to quote today is from this conversation, actually, between Count Rugen and Prince Humperdinck, and it's actually a little bit later in the movie. And and. Count Rugen tells Prince Humperdinck, you need to get some rest. If you haven't got what? Your health, you haven't got anything. Have you heard that? Now, I would suggest this morning that we can take that quotation and basically, as Christians say, if you haven't got spiritual health, you haven't got anything. Can you say that with me? If you haven't got spiritual health, you haven't got anything. Now, that's an incredibly challenging thing. It says that actually in Mark 8:36. What good is it for a person to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul or their life or their being? And so I would suggest to you today that spiritual health is the center of everything. I, when they asked Japanese parents what they wanted for their children, these Japanese parents said, we want them to be successful, That's our number one priority is them to be successful. When they asked American parents the same question, they said, we want them to be happy. We want them to be happy. And I would suggest that as parents, those of you who follow Jesus with your children, your number one priority is, I want them to be worshiping Jesus and seeking first his kingdom. Amen. Is there an amen in this house? Okay. Seven of them, Matt. That's good. Keep training them. So, 
That's our prayer for our children, is that they might be worshiping Jesus and seeking first his kingdom. Now, I'm going to suggest this morning as well, that if that's a priority for you, if your priority is spiritual health above above all else, then there are some big rock priorities for you and for us. And so this morning, no spiritual health is possible, though, without the Holy Spirit. Spiritual health is dependent on the Holy Spirit. There's no life without it. It's like oxygen. You need it desperately. One of the things I find in our family is there's a level of fear about the Holy Spirit. There are people who are like, oh, I don't know about the Holy Spirit. I say, we need to start praying for the Holy Spirit. We need to begin every day with the prayer that the Holy Spirit would fill us. Is there an amen in the house? I encourage all of our pastors to begin every service with an invitation for the Holy Spirit. I was listening to a a podcast recently, and the guy said on the podcast, you cannot give away what you do not possess. I thought that was really good advice. If we do not have from the Holy Spirit love, joy, peace. Can you say them with me if you know them? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we do not first have those things, we cannot give them away. If we do not experience the love of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, we cannot give that love to our children, our spouses, if we're single, our family members, our community, our people at work. We cannot give those things away if we do not first possess them. So I'm going to get you to stand with me this morning, and we're going to, if you're able, and we are going to pray for that. Is that okay? Is that okay, Matt? I I like Matt more and more. Uh, I I was telling a story the other day of how I had gone to a church, and then three months later they invited me back, and I was kind of excited. I told my uh, friend who I teach with, I said, hey, they invited me back. He says, don't get so excited. They might be just giving you a second chance. <laughs> I don't know what to do now when I get invited back. But I said, to, I should have said to him, actually, I said, did you have to pray for the gift of discouragement or did it come naturally to you? Because uh, I've seen a lot of Christians that have been apparently filled with the gift of discouragement. And that is not one of the fruit of the spirit, just so you know. All right. So we're going to pray together and then please stay standing. We're going to look at a few texts together. And we're going to read them out loud. All right, so if you want to open your hands even, that would be great. Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, Last Sunday was Resurrection Sunday, but every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. You have risen, you have changed the world, and we're here to worship you. We're here to declare you as king and to seek first your kingdom and righteousness as we worship you. I pray, Father, right now that you would fill us with your spirit. I pray that we would have open hands, open hearts. And if this is something new for us, Lord, may you overwhelm us with your love, with your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your gentleness, your self-control. May that stream out from us to every person we meet today. And Lord, I thank you that we can be here together. May you look down and smile upon us in our service. And we pray together. Uh, In your name, our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen. All right, as you're staying standing, we're going to read these texts together because we're going to talk about the first big rock of spiritual health. And so please read it out loud with me. And as you're reading, think about what's interesting, surprising, and challenging in these texts. So Matthew 4.23, read it with me. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Matthew 9.35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Matthew 24.14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And Matthew 6, 33, one of my life verses, if not the life verse, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We could add that. Now, when we think about that, I'm going to ask you now to turn to someone near you and just say, what is interesting or surprising about all those texts that maybe encourage you to think a little bit this morning about what is the central priority of spiritual health? So I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to talk to someone because church is not a performance event. It's a team practice. And so in a team practice, you don't watch people doing drills. You join in the drill. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to join in the drill. And those of you online can do this at home. Okay, give you about 30 seconds. What's new, interesting, challenging, surprising about these texts? All right, thank the person. And you may be seated. I'm hoping that what was interesting or surprising or new is that these texts point to the fact that the big rock, number one, is the gospel. The gospel is a fancy word for good news. The good news is, that, is about God bringing his kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. Can you repeat that with me? The gospel is about God bringing his kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. I often thought that the gospel was about me was solely about me needing forgiveness and Jesus died for me. And therefore one day I can fly away and go to heaven. That's what I thought the gospel was. But guess what? Jesus actually says, I'm here to bring the gospel of the kingdom. So it's not untrue that the gospel is about me, that Jesus died for me, that I can be forgiven, that I can one day join the fullness of the kingdom in the future. But that is not the fullness of the gospel. And the gospel is also not just that Jesus painted an example for us about how we can be more loving and kind to our neighbors, as important as that is. It's not just about trying to make the world a better place by cleaning up garbage in our neighborhood. Apparently, Calgary needs some of that, Matt. In our church, we handed out garbage pickers, actually, for people with bags and fancy vests that shine in the dark in Abbotsford where there's no sun in order for us to be safe while well, we cleaned up garbage in our neighborhood. But this is, this is part of the gospel, but it's not the center of the gospel. According to these texts, the center of the gospel is what good news? 
that Jesus is bringing his kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. The gospel story is that Jesus has dethroned Satan's sin and death and freed us to enter this beautiful, amazing, and big story where he is weaving all the way from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. He's weaving the kingdom story. And the kingdom story is redemption and healing and forgiveness and transformation. This is the kingdom story. I could have called it the Shalom kingdom story, but some people get a little nervous when I add the word Shalom kingdom to it. But that's what the Bible says. The Old Testament uses the word Shalom. The New Testament uses the word kingdom. The gospel of John uses the word eternal life. But these are synonymous terms. When you seek first God's Shalom It's the same as seeking first God's kingdom. If you say seek first God's eternal life, you're doing the same thing. So when I think about this, the big rock priority is, are you interested in joining this big, beautiful, and amazing story? Now, joining this story is not just a one-time event. You don't say, yeah, I already joined that story. I did it 19, whatever, or 2017, or whatever. You can point to this incredible day where you joined the story, but that's only the beginning of the journey. Karen is here this uh, morning. I'm thankful to have her. In 1986, August, uh, August the 2nd, yes, I remember that or I'm in trouble. August the 2nd was a really important day in 1986 because we got married and we find our marriage license on papyrus and we, realized we could listen to the cassette. You know what a cassette You guys, Yeah. Okay, it's better than an 8-track Right, But we listen to the cassette. We don't get up every morning and look at the marriage certificate. We don't get up every morning and listen to the cassette. We live into what that day pointed us to. Amen? So if you have one day joined this story, you are not supposed to go back to the beginning of the story. You're supposed to go and live into what that story points you to. And when you become a follower of Jesus, you join a story. It's kind of like putting on a Jesus team, a Jesus jersey And that is fantastic that you put on a Jesus jersey one day. You affiliated your name with Jesus and the kingdom and shalom. But you need to do that every morning. Every morning you need to bow and worship and say, Jesus, I want you again this morning to put on the jersey. And this jersey identifies myself with Jesus and the kingdom. Now, you know that team jerseys, I don't know how many of you played sports. I tried to play sports. I was... Only good at basketball. So those of you who don't like it, I'm sorry. Hockey was too expensive in my family. And so I played basketball. And there's only two ways to have a jersey. One of the ways to have a jersey is you have to be good enough. You have to go to tryouts and be good enough. Guess what the good news of the gospel is? You don't have to try out. You just have to bow down. Isn't that awesome? You can put on the Jesus jersey this morning. All you have to do is bow down. Isn't that great news? This is the gospel, part of this big kingdom gospel. The second thing is you can get a team jersey by buying one today. You can pay a lot of money. How much, like, I'm not going to ask the Oiler fans because that could get them singled out, in trouble. But how many of you people have a Flames jersey? Okay, we have some here. How expensive was it? No, don't say too much. How expensive? 300 you did give that to the church? <laughs> okay, no shame, right? $300 to buy a Flames jersey. Well, that was, oh, I don't want to talk about that. 
I used to teach high school in Red Deer, so I had to be more like Switzerland. I'm in the middle. I'm neutral. But you should know that the jersey of Jesus, you don't have to pay $300 on. It is a jersey given to you, but it's an expensive jersey. It is stained with the blood of Jesus, but it is a jersey given to you. So the first, first of the big rock priorities is will you recognize that the gospel of Jesus is a kingdom story and will you join it today? Now I'm going to go to the second one. The second big rock priority is from Daniel 7 and Luke 24. And let's read it together if you will join me. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. And if I just stop for a second, if you don't recognize those words, remember Matthew 28, when Jesus is resurrected, he says, all authority in where? Heaven and on earth has been given to me. If you don't think that points back in that direction, you're missing something. All right, so the next line, all nations and all peoples will what? Of every language worshiped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The four great beasts are four kings that will rise from the earth. But the holy people of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. And all rulers will worship and obey him. This is one of the reasons why I spent 31 years teaching Old Testament. I taught Old Testament 104 times, but who's counting? It was some of them are more painful than others, but they were all a blessing. But the Old Testament carries what story? It carries the kingdom story, pointing toward Jesus. Luke 24, this is how it's finished. Luke 24, he's joined with me. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And of course, the scriptures are the Old Testament. And I'm going to suggest today, when it comes to the second big rock, the first big rock is that the gospel is a kingdom, shalom kingdom, eternal life story. The second big rock is that scripture is the inspired gospel story of God's kingdom coming to earth as it is in heaven. And what that ultimately means then is that scripture is, is absolutely essential to our spiritual health. If you uh, attend this church and if Matt or someone else stops reading scripture, I know that would never happen, Matt. But if someone stops focusing on scripture, stops making scripture a central priority, if your worship songs aren't focused on words that are consistent with scripture, you should stop attending. Now, don't say amen to that, but I hope that's true. I hope that you do not attend a church, no matter what denomination it is, no matter what gathering it is, if we stop focusing on the truth of scripture. Is there an amen to that? Amen to that. I hope and pray that our entire denomination stays faithful. Now, some people tell me, no, Jesus is the word of God, not scripture. I say, what do you know about Jesus that isn't already in scripture? 
And then they hum and haw for a few minutes. What do you actually know about Jesus that is not present in scripture? Is there anything that you can be confident? If you say you do know a bunch of things, you should push pause and say, how do I know this is actually truly about Jesus? If you hear something in science and you say, well, I think science is is true. I don't know about scripture. You should push pause and say, which one of these is going to be your authority for the rest of your life? If you have some sense internally that you say is from the Holy Spirit, guess what? The Holy Spirit inspired scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says all scripture is what? God breathed. Theopneustos, which is the Greek word for God breathed out, like pneumos, breathing breath. The Holy Spirit inspired scripture, so it can't inspire you something different Some people point to Acts 15 and say, well, look at Acts 15. They learned some things about the Old Testament that they turned away from, circumcision and so on. I say, no, the entire Old Testament was already pointing to this moment. So number two, then, the second big rock is that the scripture is fundamental and central to your spiritual health. I hope you feel that deeply this morning. The third big rock is that joining Jesus's kingdom story means joining Jesus's kingdom team. I've heard from many of my students, I've heard from many people as I travel around, that we like Jesus, we're not so sure about the church. Have you heard that? We like Jesus, but the church has heard us. We like Jesus, but we're not sure about getting up Sunday morning or any other morning. We like Jesus. And I say, that's like wanting to be a volleyball player and saying to a volleyball coach, I want to become a volleyball player, and, but I don't want to be part of the team. I just want to hang out with you as the coach. And as you probably can guess in a minute, anybody on a volleyball? Anybody volleyball players here? Calgary? Okay, none of you. This is a bad analogy. I should have said a hockey player. Okay, there's a few. Thank you. If you want to play volleyball, you need to join a team. You can't say to someone, you know, I'm joining the universal invisible volleyball team. I say, when do they practice? Well, they don't. Uh, Do you ever have to do anything? No, I don't have to do anything. If you want to join the Jesus's kingdom story, you join Jesus's kingdom team. And I'm so excited today. I understand some folks are joining covenant community here at SunWest. Because if you want to be hanging out with Jesus, you hang out with his team. This is what it's all about. There's a couple of texts that are evident in this, obviously more than a couple, but a couple in particular I want to highlight today. Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. The following of Jesus in your life is not a solo sport. It is a team sport. Number two, uh, you also, I love this verse. I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Peter is a singular title for a person. Church is a collective title for a group. You are not the church by yourself. Where two or more are gathered, then you are church. And second of all, when two or more are gathered, worshiping, declaring Jesus, the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. When I was a child, I thought the gates of Hades means they're attacking us. I I, I didn't know much about military technology, but gates don't attack anybody. Have you noticed that? You don't walk out the door. I hope a gate doesn't hit me. I'm kind of worried. Gates do not, they're not an offensive weapon. They're a defensive weapon. So contrary to what I thought as a child, the church's mission is not to stand in defense against the powers of darkness. 
The church's mission is to attack the powers of darkness. Amen to that? Our goal as a church is to declare the name of Jesus. And even today, every time you sing a word, every time you speak to someone today, I believe that there's a spiritual attack on the powers of darkness that happens among us as we meet together and declare Jesus as king. All right, so I'm going to review the big rocks. There are three big rocks I'm suggesting this morning. The first one is that the gospel is about God bringing his kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. I prayed the Lord's Prayer. We prayed it together. Guess what the center of the Lord's Prayer is? May your kingdom come where? To earth as it is in heaven. Number two, Scripture is the inspired gospel story of God's kingdom coming to earth in and through Jesus. So Scripture is going to be critically central to our spiritual health. Number three, joining Jesus' kingdom story means joining Jesus' kingdom Team, I cannot say that more strongly. Even if you've been hurt by the church, even if you don't like people, don't look around right now. Okay, even if you don't like certain people on the team, you need to be part of the team. Why don't you stand with me? The worship team's going to come up. I'm going to invite you uh, as you stand to reflect on what is it this morning that you most need from the Holy Spirit. We have a confession of faith in our family. And this confession of faith is really a whole bunch of things that point in the, in the direction of Jesus and the kingdom. And that is my, part of my job is to write resources related to our confession of faith. Now, as the worship team comes up, uh, and I'm going to invite you to take a posture, if you could, of holding out your hands again. Could you do that? Because I believe we are desperately in need of receiving things, not from me, but from the Holy Spirit. So this morning, as I pray, I hope that you will uh, have a posture of openness. What is the Holy Spirit calling you to this morning, this day, this week? So let's pray together. Our great and awesome God, we thank you for the fact that you, through Jesus, are bringing your kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. I pray, Father, that this morning that you would put into our hands what you know we desperately need. Lord, if this is a a bowl to fill with the fresh water of the Holy Spirit, may we have a vision of that, of receiving a bowl full of water from you. Lord, if this is a, a, if we need to again this morning, put on the Jesus jersey, pray, Father, that you would give us a little jersey in our, in our hands, that we'd be reminded of that. If we have never put on the Jesus jersey, may we be bow down and receive this beautiful, expensive, blood-stained jersey. And if we've done this, we've been here for 25 years or longer, may we put it on afresh this morning. I pray, Father, too, that if you want us to have glasses to see scripture as your beautiful kingdom story. I pray that you would give us those glasses so that when we have devotions, as we read scripture, as we think about them, we'd have a desire to see your kingdom in it, to have a clarity of your love and grace, all these things toward the kingdom. And father, finally, 
If it is something we need about joining this family here, this local family, that you would put in our hands some symbol of that, a welcome card, an invitation to covenant community, or an invitation to greater work and volunteering among this family. Lord, I pray that you would give us clarity on that. So, Father, we just pray that whatever symbol you have given us, that we would live into that this week, that you would give us, by your Holy Spirit, discernment and strength to make these things a priority. And, Lord, we just lift up your holy name, and I pray over SunWest Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you. And give you shalom in the name of Jesus for his glory. And all the people said, Amen. Thank you, Ken. Can we give Ken a hand for sharing with us this morning? What a great word that was, wasn't it? And I know you're also clapping because you're like, 10.03, when have we ever gotten out of church at this time? Uh, so thanks, Ken, for making me look bad uh, every single week. Uh, no, that was a, that was a great word. Um, so many good truths in that. Uh, you know, Ken did mention that there's uh, some people joining Kevin community, and uh, I wasn't going to tell you because I didn't want you to miss out, but in second service, we actually have nine folks that are taking the step to join Kevin and community here at SunWest. Uh, so we're really excited about that. Uh, their testimonies, their stories will be in next week's e-news, and uh, so we encourage you just to take a look at that and read their stories. Um, you know, people that are choo- choosing to lean in. And, uh, and the reason we call it covenant community uh, is because it's not a contract. When Jesus calls us into a covenant relationship, uh, it is a commitment through thick and thin, right? And we're most familiar with the marriage covenant, right? There's a reason we don't call it a marriage contract. Uh, it's because we know in sickness and in health, we say these things, right? That it's a human that we're on a journey together with a common purpose, a common mission. Uh, and there's going to be highs and lows, but we're committed to Jesus and we're committed to Jesus together. And so we're excited uh, that people are taking that step to do that uh, in the second service. And we would, uh, I would ask you to consider doing that for yourself uh, at some point too, if you haven't yet uh, done that. Uh, but even before that decision, maybe uh, some of you are in a place where you're thinking, I've never actually given my life to be on Team Jesus. Uh, you can do that today. Uh, and I love Ken's simple word that it's not about trying to make the team. It's actually just simply about bowing down. Uh, and so we would encourage you, uh, if you feel uh, the Holy Spirit leading you, if you feel that tug on your heart this morning to, to give your life to Jesus, uh, we would love to pray for you. We have prayer teams available after the service uh, that are available to pray with you. Uh, we invite you to come forward. If there's anything else going on in your life, uh, a praise item or there's uh, something, something else that you would like support with or that you're looking for people to pray with you about something in particular, uh, please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. Uh, let me pray for you again, and then we'll let you go. So, Father, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for these big rocks. We thank you that you uh, don't just call us uh, to be saved, but you call us to join uh, your team, and be a part of what you're doing in this world. Uh, we thank you that you had a plan from the very beginning that the kingdom of this earth would be the kingdom of our God, as it says in Revelation. 
Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come to earth, would come to this church, would come to South Calgary, would come to Canada as it is in heaven. Lord, we know that you've called us to be a part of that story. Uh, May we respond to that call. Uh, May we be your hands, your feet in this kingdom uh, adventure. Uh, So, Lord, we thank you for Ken. Lord, we pray a blessing on him as he continues to lead our churches across the nation. Uh, Lord, that you would just fill him with your spirit, that you would give him what he needs for the job that you've called him to do. Uh, We thank you for all these things. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Thank you for coming. Have a great week. Uh, We'll see you next week.